Hello and welcome to another episode of Strip Out the Pages. In this show, we look at the suggestions my guests made regarding which genre I should choose for my Boy Who Cried Wolf project. Do I go crime, romance, sci-fi, fantasy or horror? And then we look at the shocking story of an author who faked her own death in the new interlude of disbelief. Let's get into it. So, I have an announcement. This will be the final episode of the first season. And before you ask, yes, season two is literally just a few weeks away. And I've already got a killer interview lined up to kick it off. I'll tell you the season two start date at the end of this show. I've had so much fun doing this and I've thoroughly enjoyed it, as I hope you have listening. I just thought Take One Season 2 Finale was the perfect title for this episode, simply because of the way it's come about. I want to share with you some of the plans I've got over the next few months. As you know, I've got a novel coming out. I've then got a novella coming out, which is another story based on a couple of the characters from the main series. I've promised you an audio immersive experience. In fact, let's make that experiences. But the first, of course, will be The Boy Who Cried Wolf Project which I'm so looking forward to writing. And again, I've got to thank my guests for making their suggestions. I wanted it to be different. I didn't just want to come up with everything. But ironically, the story will be wrapped around something else. Not going to say what just yet, but hopefully you'll enjoy it. So how do I do all this? There's that thing, time, and I need more of it. So I've decided, for now for the second season to be a fortnightly show. And I promise you that once everything's out, I will go back to weekly. So that's it. Now, The Boy Who Cried Wolf. Thought it might be quite nice to play you some of the conversations I had with my guests about this very subject, just to remind ourselves what was said. So what I'm asking for is suggestions as to what genre to write it in, or even cross-genre. So the choice is, crime, Romance, sci-fi, fantasy or horror? Let's begin with episode 7, where I was chatting with Steph Goodacre. Now, you could really play around with the romance one. Right. And bring in social media, dating agencies, and how some people portray themselves as one thing, but really aren't at all. But there again, that could also tie in with murder. Uh, I mean, that was going to be the next question. What about making it cross-genre? Well... So you could you, you could have romance and murder. Yeah. I mean, how many women mm. are murdered by their partners? Yeah, true. Much higher number than the number of men who are mur- murdered by their partners. Yeah. Really should even the odds, somehow yeah. or other. Yeah, I mean, it does happen, though, sadly. Mm. Yeah, but I think there's a few more men deserve to die. <laughs> <laughs> that's just me <laughs> do I keep that bidding or not <laughs> I'm too old no you're not follow that <laughs> this is what Annalise Knopp had to say in episode 8 I feel like a crime thriller would be a really interesting take on that mm. I could see that as a as a, a mystery almost a detective story Yeah, that could be really cool Hmm, okay. Well, thank you for that. 
Sure. Because again, what I want to do, I just want to gather lots of ideas. This stemmed from, I used to do that with John Tribute. Mm. And there's one particular, one particular day, one of the, the venue organizers, because he knows I compose. Mm-hmm. And he said, if I gave you three notes, could you write a tune around it? And I said, yeah. And in the second half of the show, that's exactly what I did. I wish, I wish I'd recorded it, but I didn't, you know. And that's yeah. where, that's where the idea came from. I thought rather than just me come up with all the ideas, mm-hmm. ask people, pick sort of whatever the most popular is and work on that. Okay. Well, I really hope that you get enough people saying crime drama or um, mystery, because I think that would be really cool. Yeah. Fantastic. Now, I really want to encourage you, please buy Annalise's book. She co-wrote it with Galadriel Coffin, who we interviewed in episode 14. It's called Jubilant. It's the first of the Shalik Sea Chronicles series. Go get it. You'll find details in the show notes. And in fact, I'll be putting up information about all the authors who have contributed to this first season. You know, again, thank you to all my guests. Okay, next up, we have the author of A Beautiful Lie, Christine Phillips. Um, Personally, for me, I love crime, but I think um, fantasy. A lot of people like that. Ah. Um, I I like real life things for me. Yeah. I'm very into crime. I, I'm I just am. I watch crime stuff all the time, but I do know that people like that mystical fantasy kind of read. Hmm. So on the fantasy side, what sort of thoughts are coming to mind? Something along the magical sign. You see, this is really starting to open up now. You think it's reality and then all of a sudden it turns into this mystical fantasy thing. I like that. This is the very reason I'm asking multiple people. And it is going to be one very exciting project. Yes. I mean, so many people, I think one of the top genres is crime. People just love reading about it. You know, watching crime films, documentaries. I'm always watching it. Love it. Yeah. So, yes, for me, that would work. A lot of people write mystical stories and fantasy stories. And if you get it right, I think it would be fabulous. People love that kind of thing. They just do. Well, you've certainly given me something else to consider, Chris. So thank you. There's a long way to go. But once it's finished, I'm going to put it on this show as an audio immersive experience. I think that would work well. Done well, it would work well. Thank you. I'd love it. I think I'd get lost in it. See, again, what I thought about and didn't mention to you was what about making it cross-genre? And that's exactly what you suggested. So brilliant. Oh, yeah, definitely. And it keeps people keeps people wondering. It keeps them on the toes. It keeps them thinking, what? What's next? Or what was that? You, you know, you, you've, you've really got to concentrate to read it. But when people get into that kind of thing, it, it keeps them guessing. They want to pick the book up. They want to listen again. Ooh, listen to that. Or what was this? What was that? Yeah, I think it's... I think. Definitely, that would work. That would be good. Fantastic. The plan is to have this ready before the end of season two. Now, if you remember, I had Jess Haynes on for episode 10, which was, of course, a Christmas special. Now, when we recorded it, I don't know, maybe because it was Christmas. Anyway, it just didn't fit. So I edited it out. But when I edit things out, (laughs) I don't delete them. Something else you can look forward to. I've already started gathering some outtakes. They are hilarious. And at some point, I'll definitely be sharing them. But anyway, here it is. This is where I'm talking to Jess about this project. Here's what he had to say. Which genre would you go for? Interesting. 
Interesting. And I've had some very interesting um, responses already on the show. Well, The Boy Who Cried Wolf was basically a story about shepherds. Yeah. It was told as a cautionary tale originally, so it probably never happened in real life, so it would go under fantasy, but it was told as a story to caution people what not to do. So I suppose really it could be seen as sort of almost a horror by saying, look, if you do this, you're going to end up in a real mess. It's kind of an interesting... Mm. So, it's, yeah, it's, it's, it's got... Um, you could turn the story to whichever way you wanted, really, couldn't you? See, for me, this is getting really fascinating. I mean, Steph mentioned crime, you know, murder. Yes, yes. Um, Annalise last week, again, I think she mentioned crime. Yeah. Fantasy. Yeah, there's... And yeah, and obviously you suggested, yeah, maybe horror. So you, you mean horror, horror. Yeah. See, it's really interesting, the different ideas that are being suggested. I love it. This is exactly what I wanted. Yeah. Yeah. There's a million ways of twisting the story. Mm. I see potential. This is, it's going in a different direction than I thought it would. And I love that. Hmm. So, yeah, I mean, thank you for that. Thank you for your comments there. And then I had the absolute pleasure of interviewing Galadriel Coffin. This is what she had to say. Here's the whole section from the top. Right. Now, I think it was actually the very first episode of this show. I managed to talk myself into rewriting um, a modern version of The Boy Who Cried Wolf. So I'm asking everyone I speak to, and obviously listeners, to suggest a genre. All right. So. What do you think? Now, here are the choices. Crime, romance, sci-fi, fantasy, horror, or perhaps a genre crossover. What do you think? Well, I always lean toward fantasy because that's my favourite genre. Yeah. If I was going to write it, let's see. I think I would probably... Take it in a, in a slightly darker, perhaps a more horror fantasy direction. I think that could work well. Um, the, the sense of, of repetition without... Oh, no, see, now that, now that I'm thinking about that, that idea of repetition, yeah. getting the same result every time over and over and over again, mm. that makes me think time loop. So perhaps sci-fi would work. He's trapped in a time loop every time he comes and warns people the same thing happens again and again, and he's yeah. got to find a way to break the time loop and, and save them. I don't know. Yeah, I like that. Sci-fi could work. Yeah. Feels, you know what? It feels like it would make a good Doctor Who episode. <laughs> it's sort yes. of like yeah. fantasy wolf, weird kind of aspect, but then also the sort of time loop and the, the, the fear of not really knowing what's going on. And yeah. can, you, can you save them? Can you fix it? Can you make it come out right this time? Yeah. Because mm. someone else suggested, you know, romance, crime. Yeah. Um, but I do. I I love sci-fi and fantasy myself. I I like it when sci-fi and fantasy sort of mingle. Yeah. that's part of why I love Doctor Who yeah. so much. Is that it, it can't make up its mind, which it is, yeah. and that's brilliant. Yeah, it got that sort of is it magic? Is it science? Does it matter? Mm. And yeah, that sort of the time loop idea. That's oh yeah, I like that. I like that. But you see, what I've got to do with this, I don't want it to be on what I like or what I want. I want to get a consensus of what everybody else is saying. 
So you'll and go then, with the, and then go with the majority. The vote. Yeah. yeah. All right. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and then what I'm going to do then is put it out as an uh, immersive audio experience. Nice. Nice. But I do, I do love that um, that time travel idea. Well, hey, if you need voice actors, yeah, I'd be happy to to come on and, and do voices for you. Hey, fantastic. There we go, folks. We have a, <laughs> we we have our first actor. Yes. There we go. Here I am. I can do accents and everything. The problem is stopping. <laughs> Brilliant. Do you know something? After listening back to that, I think the verdict's in. So my next job will be to have a little word with my mentor, editor, guru. Something I really believe every single writer needs. Because they're just brilliant to bounce ideas off check things through so darren i'm sure you've had a listen there we have it those are the suggestions i've had some others from from listeners as well it's great my listeners have basically echoed what my guests have been saying so um yeah this is going to be fun again please please everyone i mentioned all my guests take a look at their work as i say you'll find the links on the show notes But yeah, Galadriel, she's written some fabulous books. And not forgetting, of course, the lovely Christine Phillips and her book, A Beautiful Lie. There's something else I must mention, but I'm going to save that till later. My interlude of disbelief continues with another shocking tale. Indie romance author Susan Meachin recently announced on Facebook that she was very much alive after faking her own death by suicide. This is actually known as suicide, and has been sadly attempted by those escaping justice, such as John Darwin, who faked his death with the assistance of his wife Anne. Darwin pretended to die at sea in his kayak in 2002, as seen in the ITV dramatisation The Thief, His Wife and The Canoe. Back to the story. In 2020, a woman claiming to be Meachin's daughter posted on her mother's Facebook page that her mum had died by suicide. It was claimed that she took her life as a result of being bullied in a writer's group. This drove a wedge in the self-publishing author community that lasted for months and a good number of Meachin's online connections sought to honour her memory. It was reported by the BBC that many of Meachin's fellow authors organised fundraisers to pay for her funeral edited a posthumous book for free, arranged book auctions and put together an anti-bullying anthology. While she was supposedly dead, she was posting videos on TikTok as TN Steel. This is what we're led to believe anyway. There then followed additional posts on Meachin's Facebook page, including this one in February 2021. Unless something changes in the next 21 days, all of Mum's books will be unpublished. The alleged daughter then went on to say that the only way people would be able to get her books would be through audio. Her Facebook page had been visited by zero people for a few months and it was a waste of her daughter's time to work with the page every morning with zero movement. What an attitude. And then, in January this year, she posted on Facebook that she wasn't dead but was actually very much alive. She stated that she was ready to write again and ended the post with, Let the fun begin. Quite rightly, fellow authors were, and are, horrified at what she's done. Who wouldn't be, unless you're so utterly selfish you get a kick out of faking your own death? 
We all know that when authors, singers and actors die, there is a renewed interest in their work. Meachin clearly took things too far, believing this tactic would bring her fame and fortune. She genuinely felt that if people believed she had died, her books would get attention. Boy, was she wrong. It got her attention, all right. Shame and disgrace. On discovering this, I had a look at some of her reviews on Goodreads. This is what I found in relation to her last book, Love to Last a Lifetime, released posthumously to coincide with her daughter's wedding. As of February 2023, there were 48 ratings, totaling 1.67 out of 5 stars and 15 reviews. Not surprisingly, 79% gave her just one star. Clearly, the suicide card has not done the author any favours at all. Here are just a few of them. Shelved as no thank you, nope. Do not support this author. She's a fraud. Not that I would have read these disasters in the first place. I ripped off her friends and colleagues who donated money and services for a funeral and for this novel to be published posthumously. Hopefully, she'll wind up in jail for fraud. The next one. Terrible. If you Google Susan Meachin, you will see she has gained some internet notoriety recently. At least make a decent book your legacy. This was badly written, with flat characters, a go-nowhere plot, and the woman doesn't even end her sentences with periods. Give this one a pass. The next review read as follows. Shelved as do not read. Fastest way to get onto my do not read shelf. Pretend to die by suicide. Here's another. Lying about your own suicide. I've lost friends to suicide. You are so selfish. The reviews continued with this one which is so tragic as a reviewer believes Susan was dead. This was written in October 2020. Susan, you will be greatly missed. And in this book, she definitely leaves the heartstrings plucked. It is a lovely and yet saddening story, but it gives you the hope and faith that love continues even beyond a tragic ending. Rest in peace, Susan Meachin. You will be missed. So what's the conclusion? They say that all publicity is good publicity. But is it? Look at the repercussions. Was it worth it? There can only possibly be one answer. No. So that's it for this first season. I particularly want to thank Leighton Morell, my show's consultant, and the Strip Back the Pages themes mastering engineer. My guests, Steph Goodacre, Jess Haynes, Christine Phillips, Annalise Knopp, and Galadriel Coffin. I must also thank Darren King, my mentor, for all his help and encouragement. Thanks, Darren. You'll find Darren's, Leighton's, Christine's, Annalise's and Galadriel's website and all contact details in the show notes. I'll be back with season two on the 8th of March with a slightly new feel and, just like a good story, a few surprises thrown in as it develops. I trust you have a fantastic few weeks between now and the show's return. Keep an eye on my Strip Back Pages Twitter feed, where I'll be posting video updates every Wednesday, and feel free to email me at stripbackthepages at gmail.com or message me on Twitter at stripbackpages. I'd love to hear from you. As always, thank you for listening, and see you soon. Until next time, this is your host, NJ, signing off. Music